Hi and welcome. This is the first episode of Buffering, an island talks podcast with Estra Egin and Yoros Kakouris. We're two Cypriots living and working in Lisbon and Brussels, and we will be bringing you dispatches from the alternate Cypriot universe. This week, a horrible Nicosine smell, a mysterious scandalous flight, and where do Cypriots listen to podcasts anyway? This podcast is not funded by UNDP, Fethullah Gulen, or George Soros. Hello everyone. First recording. This is the first recording. It's a pilot, if you want, of a new podcast called Buffering. So live from Lisbon, Esra Egin is on the other side of the Skype call. Hey, Esra. Uh, hello. Hello from Lisbon. And on this side of the recording uh, is Yoros uh, Kagouris from Brussels. You might be wondering why two Cypriots are buffering their discussion through the internet from different edges of Europe. <laughs> you made us run away. <laughs> you made us run away. And now we take our revenge by boring you every week for half an hour with stories about what is happening. Yeah. So I am Astraeus to try and look into the fun of it or what the not the fun of it, but in a fun way or in a more lighthearted way, compare notes, see what's happening on either side, find the little political convergences, if you want, between the two sides and the divergences. But not in the sense of where do they agree or not, but where things are the same and where they're different. And try to pick up the trends and in the future try to get some interesting guests on and hopefully add something to your daily news cycle through this podcast. I mean, let's start with this. Okay, we know our side. So we know how the daily life in uh, where we grew up and we'll maybe we know a bit of the daily life in the other, but mainly on our own. So if there was a podcast, Esra, yeah. how were you, how and where would you listen to it living in the North? Well, how would it fit in your daily life? I would be listening to it uh, while driving um, to and forth, you know, back and forth to the between the South and the North. I, I did that a lot when I was living there. My Most of my hours in my day uh, was spent in the car. So I would be listening to it in the car on the radio. How how do you do that technologically? Like, would you put the USB on? Yeah, I would put the, I would connect the iPhone to, to the radio. And yeah, they've taken care of that technological stuff, Yorgos. <laughs> well, I would do the same. But OK, so my car was a bit, its radio was a bit more old school. It took just radio, so I would listen to the radio most of the time. But then I discovered podcasts. And what I was mainly doing is putting the phone on, putting it next to me, having the headphones on and listening uh... while driving. Okay. There was a lot of driving, so I got through a lot of them that way. Okay, yeah. Uh, a lot of podcasts. So now I ended up having 120 on my phone loaded up. Oh, wow, yeah. Things that I've, yeah. And I used to be able to listen to more here in Brussels, walking more back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess in Lisbon you have more access to public transport, and maybe you do that more when you go around. Yeah, I although um, walking is very pleasant in Lisbon, so I do prefer walking most of the time. But now I've developed this horrible um, habit of listening to podcasts before I go to sleep. And um, <laughs> and it's usually news-related stuff that I listen to. So I, I get to, I depress myself and then I go to bed go to sleep so yeah i should find lighter stuff if i'm not going to change my the, the time of uh, my podcasts 
Yeah, I started doing it mostly to not not before sleep, but uh, when I make breakfast or close to wash or make when I'm when I do something that's mind-numbingly d- boring yeah. that I want my brain to be doing something else, I'll just yeah. wash wash the dishes and and listen. True. Or if I'm cooking something and I don't want to waste that time, like I want to pack as much as possible. But yeah, a lot of Corona news. So at some point, yeah. I started just skipping the ones I had in my order and go, okay, now I'll just go listen to conspiracy theory about the Federal <laughs> Reserve or whatever. I just, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle I any more news about it. I know. And it's not going away, is it? <laughs> it's like, no. it's here to stay. And now they're they're talking about the second wave and the third wave. And, oh, I don't know. It was, I mean, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, it was quite um, the, the quarantine period where we didn't leave the house and the children were homeschooling. It was really like days from hell <laughs> it, it was difficult so i hope even if we have a second wave well, well i first i hope we don't but even if we do i hope this time you know we can get away with not completely shutting ourselves inside our house and it, it's smoother this time so here's our chance to talk about the future now and get into i guess catching each other up on what we've been following with news from home what's been happening yeah. So I hear that, yeah, because we need to, Corona is here. Now we uh, we accept as part of our lives and start talking about other people alongside it. It's going to just be, it's going to be there. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's going to shape things. So what was that? There's a plane that came, uh, <laughs> on, landed on Timbu and just people just went out, went to casino and uh, didn't get tested. Like Apparently too. What a secret thing to do. <laughs> Like, did they pay? Are they somebody's friends? Are they somebody's kumbara? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's been almost a week now that the North is just dominated by this scandal. And when you look at it, it is really a scandal because a private jet just lands in the Erjan, the Timbo airport. There are nine people in the in the jets. Most of them are very rich businessmen. There are three Russian women um, together with them and they use the the VIP building but then authorities make a statement saying oh yeah it was the VIP building but it wasn't the VIP entrance it was the fire escape entrance that they used it's just as if it makes it like less scandalous and then they of course right now um in the north we still have a 15-day quarantine rule when you go there um you can't just walk out of the airport or whatever um but these people didn't have to go through quarantine they didn't have to take any tests um they were taken directly to their hotels and um and of course this is cyprus right there are all kinds of like rumors about what went on in that hotel that the casino was opened for them they gambled mm. today we heard that they they went to a jewelry shop and had um, made a lot of jewelry shopping and everything and their excuse is that they are businessmen interested in making investments and they came to see the area but you know the times like they they came late on friday and left sunday evening it's the 
perfect gambling hours in Cyprus. So yeah, nobody sounds really like a, believes that. Sounds like a quick weekend trip. It doesn't exactly sound like business. Mm, does not sound like business at all. I mean, there is definitely something very fishy going on. Some people must have been bribed. I am guessing to, you know, let this happen or have had certain interests in letting this happen. Um, and the funny thing is that the government, the, the coalition parties are fighting between themselves. Like they are also accusing each other um, for not giving enough information to each other or like of lying. And one is saying, oh, but we had a decision. And the other one is saying, oh, no, we never had a decision about this. And so it's just, I mean, everyone, <laughs> everyone has been accusing everyone and fighting with each other. Um, for almost a week now. But that's what I was going to ask because it, it's really confusing how they're going on about it. Who gave the approval? Someone gave the approval. There must exactly. be a record of it. Exactly. Did, did, the, did the cabinet sit down and say, we'll give approval to these people? Is there a record of it? That's the thing. One of the, the ministers said we have a cabinet decision, but then Kudretos Arsai, the deputy um, head of the coalition, said, no, we never had the cabinet decision. So we don't know (laughs) if they had, they probably did not have a cabinet decision. But if someone says there was a decision, then they should be referring to something, to a date, you know, and say these people were present, but they didn't. No, apparently, I mean, there is no, apparently there is no decision. So, and, and we're laughing about it. And it's, it's actually funny in a tragic way. But when I think about the um, Turkish Cypriot workers, the, you know, 50 year old, 60 year old people who had to say goodbye to their families and cross to the South without the chance um, of coming back at they the end of the work day, they cannot go back until when we don't know. First, they say first of July now, but we don't know. So you're actually making your your people suffer like this. You're not giving them the chance to have PCR tests or like take care of this in a in a more pragmatic way. You're just telling them, yeah, go to work on the Greek, Greek Cypriot side, but if you go, you're not coming back until I say it's okay for you to come back. But then you're allowing some rich Turkish people to, you know, just come into the the country without you know any permission any decision and without anyone understanding why this this has happened well you know you know how it is it's an indication the people that get shafted are always the same and the people that can just slip through the cracks in any sort of setup especially a setup like the one in cyprus are the other key other rich people but man like that's a situation (laughs) study your setups like do a better one not like this this was so clumsy like it was so clumsily done really it was it was terrible is there a chance that whoever no one approved this and these people just decided to go land they had a discussion with uh, the casino owners to go have their entertainment and then no. left without even informing anybody or is it my hunch is that one of the ministers is you know responsible and has 
thought he had arranged everything and everything would run smoothly, but the media caught caught it. It was the media that actually re- revealed mm-hmm. the whole case. Was it Genedo so, that uh, yeah. came up with it on Monday? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, I think they left on Monday because this came up. No, actually, I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. They ah. came on on Friday night and they left on Sunday. So it was immediately caught, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good thing there's still some media. Exactly, right? But that's a whole that's a whole different story, everyone that's been closing and has been having a crisis and, of the time these, these days. Yeah, and they went back on Sunday to report on the, them leaving, but they were not allowed to enter the airport, which is also very questionable. I mean, can you stop the media from entering the airport, you know? Entering the airport at all or getting to... At all. At all. They, yeah. Yeah, that's probably... Especially if it's open. Yeah. Is it is it partly open yet? Um, Today it started... Like some flights have started today. No, I mean, there's no... Fl- there's some flights now, uh, right now, I mean, usually. Yeah. That, I was under... Okay, I was under the impression that the flights are due to start July 1st. No, no, no. They start... Um, I think Pegasus, one of the airlines, started today and another one is starting tomorrow. 1st of July is the date when they say that the quarantine will be lifted. Okay, the, the day when they say, they, I guess, they'll uh, follow the agreement of the leaders so that they can say that they did it and not, not Akinji. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess that's the approach. They'll be like, okay, now let's do the thing that those guys agreed, but what but we say... <laughs> we won't give them credit. Which is entertaining. By the way... A good note, at some point when we talk about politics on both sides and what's happening, someone might say ministers or government or MPs and not put the air quotes, you know, and I've always been saying when I was in radio uh, before, especially in the more relaxed settings, we know where the quotation marks goes, we know what the politics are, just put them there if you want, it's fine, no one recognizes anything, they're they're not waiting for Esra and Yorgos to say something about it for them to get recognition. Chill. Yes. Thank Chill. you. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> no, I mean, I'm trying to avoid them as much as I can, but sometimes you just cannot not use it and have the quotes in your mind and place them as you wish. <laughs> if you're Turkish Cypriot and you want to place them on the other side, no one can stop you putting them in your mind. Yeah. From there, from there on, you know. Anything else uh, as a matter of uh, discussion, international law, journalism? Yeah, exactly. Recognition does not happen by accident. <laughs> it does not happen on air. If you're worried <laughs> about... Definitely if, not on a podcast. <laughs> like, if you're worried about recognition, go to other side Anastasiades. And, yeah. you know, don't, uh, don't look to people talking trying to talk about things yeah. close parenthesis this is where we switch to the south okay like, yes, yes let's switch what's well, going I don't know, on there i don't know how things are weirder or not but well the main thing that's been going on in the south was nicosia wondering why things stink once again <laughs> so years ago I, it was a thing that uh, when the uh, sewage treatment plant in yamilia uh, yeah. Was especially stinky and the wind came a certain way. Mm. You got the whiff of it everywhere. And I remember ages ago I would return from a trip uh, because I walked down to my apartment in the center and get that whiff. Oh my God. And yeah. be like, ah, I'm home. <laughs> smells like home. Oh 
cesspool oh of Eastern Mediterranean. I'm back. <laughs> so now past few days has been a disgusting smell coming not from Nyamilyar slash Haspolat. It's coming from the other side. I think they figured out what happened. Uh, it's been a question for days and they were wondering whether it's from farms around the west of Nicosia, maybe Kokinutrimithia, uh, one of those places, uh, where there's more farming and more annual husbandry going on. But apparently, uh, the Department for the Environment, they talked with the Commissioner for the Environment of the government. Mm-hmm. And they contacted Onfisip. Onfisip figured it out. I'm assuming that Onfisip asked the Turkish Cypriots. Oh, my God. Well, you can't ask directly. Heaven forbid. <laughs> no, my God. No, no, no. And there is a technical committee, I guess, for environmental things. But I'm not sure if that falls under it. Uh, it's, environmental. it's not really environmental issue. It's more like a mismanagement it's... of... Mm-hmm. Because the Department of Environment and the Ministry of Agriculture examines it in that capacity not necessarily okay. it's not an oil spill they didn't examine it in that in that mm-hmm. sense they recognize that the smell was probably from animal waste mm-hmm. and it turns out correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not sure how it was reported in the north okay it turns out that there was animal waste that's usually being used to fertilize a field spread out somewhere or uh, but because of recent heavy rains mm-hmm. Water flowed down to where it was. It wasn't properly processed, or either that, or it wasn't properly processed when it was thrown away. And so it became like a swamp of shit. <laughs> exactly. Which kind of expresses the whole political situation as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it created this, this amazing water. Oh uh, like, did you talk to people written. back in Cyprus? Was it really bad? I didn't talk to people about it actually. I didn't. I didn't ask them directly. So maybe mm. it wasn't that bad that everyone would be mentioning all the time. Maybe I, because I, I saw people. a lot of posts on the um, on social media actually, oh, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a saw. lot of people making fun of it and and everything. But yeah, my that God. I saw people <laughs> saying. Uh, I saw a friend saying, "Oh, you know what that smell is? It's the smell of people that haven't worked hard enough to get their their university diplomas." I'm like I don't I don't know why I don't know why you're using that I oh think there's pro- there's probably a running joke somewhere about something else but yeah no and a good one was it's coming the smell is coming from the mouths of the politicians who are telling you that partition will smell like roses <laughs> a friend of mine posted this but you know what joke I haven't seen though I haven't seen anyone saying uh, that you know what that is it's a natural gas it's out oh my god <laughs> no one said that I'm disappointed myself I didn't post that now yeah well I mean it could be considered natural gas it is natural gas it's yeah. just it's the one that we actually have the one that we actually produce <laughs> it's, it's the only so one sure. we will ever have <laughs> that we've been producing and now maybe yeah. it's not worth the money producing as well anymore and no which is very entertaining we went from uh, uh, the thing that could change everything to slowly become irrelevant because exactly. no one the companies are just tiptoeing yep. away. The other yep. interesting news, well, from today actually, is that uh, Noble Energy, uh, it's not as fun, but it's indicative, indicative of things. It made a statement on Tupolidi saying that we'll have to reconsider our planning for um, the process of working on for the gas field, mm-hmm. which was expected actually, uh, to mm-hmm. say something like that, because already uh, the other companies postponed their drillings because yeah. they can't they can't bring 
personal because of the 14-day quarantine. Yeah. Maybe the company should talk to whoever arranged the people in the north to come and find a way. Yeah. If they want to bring their workers, maybe they should do that. But apparently there is yeah. a way if you know the right people. So Noble came out and <laughs> yeah. said, we'll need to postpone. Of course, we'll talk to the government before. And the energy minister came out yesterday and said on TV, uh, we'll, okay, we'll be here to discuss any understandable problems, but you need to follow through on your contracts. But the main reason why they're not moving as fast as they would have is not just that. It's also if it's dangerous and complicated now. Yeah. And also the prices are low. Yeah, the prices are and also you have low. also you have uh, Turkey going around and and drilling randomly at places. No company yeah. will necessarily will weigh will weigh yeah. all the priorities and see what they'll do first. Exactly. It doesn't seem like any company, um, except for Turkey, which is doing it for different reasons, any for-profit company who is in this for business will be drilling or doing any kind of work anytime soon because because of all the reasons you have just explained and mainly the, the prices, you know, the prices are so low that it's just not worth it. Yeah, I'm guessing TPAO doesn't really measure all these things to do anything. TPAO, they, they, get, they get some instructions to... I mean, TPAO, I mean, Turkey's... It's a state know, company. We it, always forget talking yeah, about that. It is a state company. Um, even if they are going to make uh, billions of dollars of loss, they are going to drill because the reason that they're doing this is to make a statement. They're tra- trying to make a statement in the Eastern Mediterranean and they're not in it for the business. So it's not surprising that they have, I think they have started drilling again. It's, it's not surprising and they will continue. So um, now as, as we wrap up, I want to try and go for a circle and take the opportunity to talk about something we'd like to keep track of here. Okay. Uh, would like to keep track of the politics, like the micropolitics and the bullshit and what they do and how they align to each other and how they prepare for elections, how they, uh, you know, the political class on both sides. So it's an opportunity now to go back, I think, and say and ask, so what's what might happen to the coalition because of that whole escándalo that's been happening? <laughs> is there is there any chance of collapse and uh, and elections even together with the with with leadership elections? Yeah, there is a lot of talk of like early elections now. Kudreto Zarsai was expected to do something, either ask for the resignation of the minister who is supposedly responsible for this whole mess or withdraw from the the coalition themselves as they did before because what he he cited before when he was withdrawing from the previous four-party coalition was that you know he was saying that Sardar Denktash was involved in some corruption and that Mm. he could not through his son and that he could not stay in a in a coalition where there is da da da. And also so, remember those days when he was like, I won't go into coalition with UBP as long as Osprey Kuhn is there because he's corrupt. Yeah, yeah. because everyone else in UBP is clean. Now was, that was clean, yeah. so he did go into a coalition <laughs> with the clean UBP. And so actually many people were expecting him to withdraw, but no, he did not. I guess he does not consider it a wise move to be going into presidential elections while not in power. 
I think he is calculating to be in power and, and going into the presidential elections. So I don't know how, like, it doesn't serve any of them, neither UBP nor HP, to collapse the government right now, the coalition right now. So I think they're going to continue at least until the presidential elections, which, by the way, I just, before we started podcast, I was reading, um, Akunjo has asked the party leaders not to wait for October because they had rescheduled it to October. Um, he asked them not to wait for October and to schedule it for as early as possible. Well, that would be, that's an interesting move because... It helps him also look like, I don't care about staying a bit longer because I know that he's been accused of that. Mm -hmm. And it actually kind of gives him uh, maybe an ethical advantage. It does. So he's smart He's smart at doing that, at trying to get the ethical advantage from the other side. It does give him the ethical advantage. He's also in a good place right now. I mean, look at the situation the others are in. I mean, they're dealing with private jets coming in and like uh, Russian girls and gambling and jewelry stores. And But that's the funny thing. Until now, I had the impression that it seemed like the, the pandemic was treated well enough in the north. Numbers went down. Not many people died or, or got sick. And that the coalition was in advantage, Tatar and Ozersai, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And now this one thing happens. Yeah. And, and the whole image and the whole image changes. Everything. Yeah. I mean, they have completely shattered people's trust in them, you know, in 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 themselves. So, yeah, Akinji is in a good think, place right now. Do you now. think that happens with the majority of people or is it more something something that progressive people or Akinji supporters or to find supporters no, might think? No, I, I I think it's the majority of the people because the the pandemic prevention measures affected everyone people had to shut their businesses people had to like were abroad and could not come back people's children were abroad and could not come back people had to spend 15 days in quarantine after like you know traveling for like tens of hours to go back to to their country so many people lost their jobs and their their income and their you know um they they couldn't work for months and they're all angry because they're like, you told us that this is serious and we have to take these measures. And we, um, despite all the difficulties, respected the measures and we did everything you told us. And then you let like nine businessmen from Turkey to just walk in without any measures. And because everyone was have been affected and negatively affected by the measures, mm. everybody has a very big reaction against this now. So in the, in the South, there was a reverse trend. The measure started off, as you remember, a bit haphazardly. They didn't know exactly what to do when the first round of moves is, let's it, close the, the, the checkpoints for yeah, some people. <laughs> because because so, because students from Iran, I don't know, but gradually... Not all, two. Not all. Was it? They started with two, right? But the, fun, the funny thing is, is like they went completely <laughs> reverse from the north in a way. They, because as it got more serious, the government actually became serious about it. Mm-hmm. Then they were actually assisted by the fact that Tatar and Ozesai closed down all checkpoints at once, which yeah. gave the Greek superstar again the ethical advantage. Because yeah. they, had, they had done something they didn't really need to do. 
And then they started really listening to the scientists, which yeah. really made a difference, which I think it's also the other aspect, what the North was doing well until now, and what it seems like it's not doing well anymore now that scientists mm-hmm. are quitting left and right from uh, the advisory team. Though I don't exactly. know yeah. I don't know if that also is a bit political. Like if Siber is quitting from Tatar's advisory team, yeah. maybe she's doing it to help her candidate as well. I don't know, but I think, well, I hear that they are very frustrated with what happened with the JET 2. And, mm. um, of course, anybody who stays on board t- is responsible of this scandal. So I think they just wanted to remove their names from this scandal. So if there's a, if there's a trend here, is that anyone, as long as politicians were following the experts on what to do, they were doing fine and they were not getting pushback. And the government in the South has been following that and it's been doing better. And you can see in some polls and secret polls that actually the governing party, they see, has been pushed, has been pushed up ahead of the, you know, the elections next year. Okay. And the interesting thing is like there was another reverse thing. Beforehand, the government was mired in scandal, you know, the whole, and it still is, but the issues haven't gone away, but people don't talk about them, about the, the passport issue. The yeah. passports are being sold left and right to criminals. The yeah. whole Saudi jet trips that the president was taking to the Seychelles without saying anything about them. And the opposition could really hit them. Mm-hmm. But now that has completely changed because they handle coronavirus well. Okay. And the opposition has a really hard time bringing up anything to say. And they're actually hitting left and right. You know, they're trying to find something to say. And it becomes a bit funny how they're yeah. not managing so yeah. maybe there's a lesson there. Maybe a separate politician should learn to listen to to listen to experts and professionals and experts. Yeah, it, can, it can help. It can because not listening can destroy work well done. Yeah. And listening could also actually get you out of hot water with the population. Yeah, you know? that's true. My fear is that this whole like jet scandal is going to become an excuse for the Greek Cypriot side now to say, oh, look, you have uncontrolled entries from Turkey. We cannot open the crossing points yet. And to be fair, um, that's already been an issue when uh, Turkey is in the first categories of people that can come in this Yeah. When, yeah. in fact, the epidemiological situation in Turkey hasn't yeah. actually improved. It's not. It has worsened. And they're still in category one. So perhaps it could be interest it would be interesting if we saw an election earlier in the north. Yeah. That could yeah. change that dynamic. Yeah, that will way. be interesting. Yeah, a Akunju seems to be the strong candidate for now. Which is interesting. It's like the second time when everyone had written him out and the second time that he might actually get it, that's Yeah. Yeah. That's surprising. I remember yeah. uh, back in the day before the the, the previous election against Eroglu. Mm-hmm. I was telling, I don't know why I had this impression, but I was telling you and people, look, this might happen. He might think it was possible. And mm-hmm. these are people that are for, have been probably following all of this longer than I have. They didn't think it was possible for was possible. Akinja Yeah, maybe because, maybe, maybe because they're not aware of how volatile Cypriot voters can yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised by anything right now. Cyprus has taught us not to be surprised by anything, I guess. <laughs> and I think on that note... We could wrap up for yeah. this inaugural pilot. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so from Brussels, this was Jorgos Kakuris. And Esra from Lisbon. So take care. Stay inside. Wear a mask. Wear it properly. Over your mouth and 
nose, not over your chin. <laughs> I know. So I that see you see that. What's with the nose hanging outside? Stop doing that. <laughs> well, what's with covering just just the, just the chin because you got tired of it? What's the point? Oh my god! You've touched it to take it down. It's done. It's useless. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, well, it happens everywhere, like everywhere people like that. Yeah. So yeah. stay safe, wear your mask properly, and see you next time. See you next time.